Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I have to apologize. I'm losing my voice. I don't know what's happening. Fortunately, my guest today is a talker, so I think we'll be good. I'm so excited to be here. For those of you who are new and watching live and are listening later, welcome to the With Tamara Gondor podcast. That is me. This is a podcast where we interview everyday innovators doing extraordinary things. People who are entrepreneurs, leaders, emerging leaders, uh, who find ways to think differently, to create breakthroughs in their work in life. So super excited for today's guest, guest, partially because I've known him for many years and we actually did a little bit of work together. And part of that work is what we're going to talk about today because he's done some pretty incredible things. So Keith, I know you, but the rest of the world doesn't know you. So welcome. Tell us a little bit about who you are and the business that you're in. Good morning. It's nice to be with you tomorrow. I'm so pleased. Uh, with our second turn uh, at trying to do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been self-employed my whole life. I got home from Vietnam in the early 70s and bounced around job to job for a while and then landed in the insurance business in 75 and had my own New York Life Agency then uh, until I retired from that in the early 2000s. And then I decided to go back to college and learn how to write and be, uh, be a creative writer. And that led to speaking and then to Toastmasters and then the Speakers Association. And that's how we met. <laughs> so life has been good. I've, I've been self-employed and pretty much had to innovate throughout my whole career. Just so everybody knows, tell them your area that you speak on so they kind of know where you're coming from. Of course. I use what I call my trip technique. TRIP is an acronym that stands for Tenacity, Resilience, Imagination, and Purpose. And I'm using this currently with a lot of different types of associations and businesses for them to score their uh, potential employees to see how they're going to be uh, during the pandemic with uh, re new hires and whatnot. They kind of learn a little bit about their employee in advance, which is working pretty cool. I love it. So obviously we're going to dig into TRIP in a little bit and what you've done to innovate against it because it's, it's so incredible. And I'm, just, I'm so excited to share it with people. Before we get into that, I mean, you've had such a, Keith, you've had such an interesting life and career and it's taken a lot of twists and turns. What's the biggest challenge that you faced and how did you overcome it? I think it was probably discipline. Um, learning to be self-employed is not easy. And even back in the 70s, we weren't really taught how to be self-employed. My father worked for 50 years almost uh, for DuPont. And I, you know, I saw his work ethic, but I was a 60s kid. <laughs> we were just into being flower people. And <laughs> and it uh, I, I didn't really adapt to that well. But as soon as I became self-employed, I learned you had to get up every morning and light the fire in your belly and get going. And discipline was a hard one for me. And it, But once I got settled into it, then it was learning how to be creative. Hey, let me ask you. I want to go back to discipline for a second because I think for a lot of us, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself personally, um, discipline can be challenging because uh, whether you have a boss or you're self-employed, um, especially now that so many of us work from home in either situation, 
that self-discipline, to your point, is not something we're taught, but it's something that really is essential to success. So how? I guess I have a couple questions here. One is, what did it look like when you weren't disciplined and the results you were getting? And then the second question, the one I really want to dig into is, how did you figure out how to get discipline? How did you teach yourself that? Because, man, if someone could like bottle that up, I would buy it for a million dollars. Well, yeah, you're right. It is very difficult because we aren't taught discipline for the most part, unless people are into high school or college sports. And then I think they learn discipline in their training. I did learn discipline, but in an odd way through the Army. Uh, they required discipline, obviously, without, uh, without a doubt. You do everything the Army way or you're in trouble. And when I got home, I came back to the hippie generation. I came back to a different time in America. And I kind of wanted to just meld back into that. But when I started with New York Life, it was, it was a, a company that required you to do things in a certain manner. And I have a story that I tell in my, my speeches where uh, I had to sign a contract every time that I, got, uh, I didn't meet my quota each month. And uh, the contract said I was terminated if I didn't meet the quota in 30 days. Well, I was essentially terminated 33 times in 36 months. So I, 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 it took me a long time to learn discipline. <laughs> but the, those, the discipline that came out of that, that served me well for the rest of my career. So I just want to dig in for one second here because I, 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 discipline, I, I think it's a lost art or maybe one that more of us need more of is a better way to say it. Um, how... If you think about like the first step to t- being more disciplined or elevating your discipline, what would you tell people to do that you did? Better goal setting and focused on the goals, because that if you're focused on them, that will help you really have a narrow path that you're looking at. Keep it narrow. Don't let don't have too grandiose of goals. Keep them focused and, and uh, uh, things that can actually be based in reality <laughs> and you'll do well. It's the focus that that a lot of people don't have. We live in a generation and a time of bright, shiny objects. And I suffer from that greatly sometimes where, oh, look at this. That's cool. Let's go do that. And you have to really learn how to pare those things down. And nope, can't do that. Got to stay away from that. Got to stay focused on what I'm doing. Focus is a huge part for me. Uh, and I have to just, I have a list every morning when I get up that I prepared the night before that I look at and that list gets me started. Part of the insight in there, Keith, I think you you just said it is the list happens the night before. I always say like the decision to get up early in the morning, the decision to do whatever it is you need to do in the morning, the next day happens the night before. So I love that. Yeah. If you're not prepared when you get up, then you've got to get prepared and you're wasting time. Mm. (laughs) That's the competitor in you. It's like, uh, I just wasted an hour getting ready when I could have done that at the end of day. But I actually totally agree with you. I, I think we we don't hit the ground running. We hit the ground sitting because we have to think about it first versus we could have done that the day before. I love that. Um, what is one of your biggest wins or things that you're most proud of? Well, when I went back to college to be, uh, you know, learn creative writing, uh, I didn't expect to end up writing three books. And I I guess I have to say in as much as I love my speaking and I love the assessment that you and I did together. And we'll talk about that in a little while. The to actually get a book published is pretty cool. And I I, that's probably one of my biggest accomplishments. And during 26 years in the insurance business is an accomplishment. But 
it wasn't something that I was terribly proud of. I was just a disciplined guy who put a business together. And I served a lot of people, but I'm really proud of my books. I think that they are something that came from within me. And I just really feel good about what I produced. So I know this is a obvious question, but I want to ask anyway, because I'd love to hear your thought on it. What is it that, that makes you so proud of the book? Why? It's an arduous process. The You often hear people say they're giving birth. And being a man, I can't, can't relate to that one. But it, it, <laughs> it is... It, it is that kind of process that it's painful. It's you have to go through so many hoops and so many rewrites and editors and creative people who create the cover and getting the copyrights and all the stuff that has to be done. It's and then the creative side of it of making it actually readable where people will enjoy it. I mean, I, I had 25 editions of my book before I actually took it to an editor. <laughs> um, were you worried? when you shared your book for the first time? Oh God, yes. I gave it to a friend to read and I I, I came home and chewed my nails and paced the floor. And you know, I, I told her, I said, read it as, as quickly as you can. I'm, this is gonna drive me nuts. And it took her four days because she didn't have a lot of time. And I was going through the ceiling <laughs> waiting. I, it was very painful to wait for that. So when you first got, when you first like, gave it to not not your editor but to customers or people and handed it to them what were you thinking and the reason i'm asking is i think oftentimes we get paralyzed in when we're putting something new and innovative out there um whether that's an idea for a workflow or you know a whole book which is a whole process in itself or launching a business or or you're responsible in your company for that new revenue stream or that new initiative, right? That new project. Um, that's why I'm asking you about that moment because I think that paralyzes a lot of us. It does. And I think that uh, you, you get this feeling that's sort of the alter ego that is a depressed ego that says, this isn't going to be successful. You're what the heck are you doing? Like here? You're not. A, yeah. And the clutter that all the negative clutter that comes through your brain, and you have to learn to push that negative clutter away. I mean, that happens in the speaking business too, or we just have to, you know, I'm good enough, I'm, I'm great, I'm going to be able to do this. I mean, there's the all I am phrases that we have to do to build ourselves back up. And yes, that's a very scary time. I never forget my first book signing, and it was, I had about 10 people in line, it wasn't a huge crowd by any stretch. and. I was so excited and people asked questions and whatnot. And I was signing my name and I felt like Stephen King, you know, I, wow, this is cool. <laughs> um, how do you manage that chatter? Cause I think what you were saying about there is an important one because, you know, I talk about the lizard brain a lot in my work and how, you know, we've got to, we've got to name the lizard brain because then it's not us, right. It's like this thing that we can kind of put into the passenger seat. What are your tricks for doing that? Cause you put yourself out there a lot. I use, well, like you, I use exercise. It's my place to be able to get the endorphins flowing. So if I wake up in the morning and I've got anxiety, if I've got negative chatter going on, either try to hit my bicycle or hit the gym, because that will change things for the balance of the rest of the day for me. And I think it does for you too. And I think that many people don't look at that as a source of re-energizing and putting your mind into a different place. Because I put my headphones in, I get to work at the gym, I'm pumping iron, and lifting weights and whatever I'm doing. Suddenly, I'm not thinking negative thoughts. I, I'm thinking about what my day is going to do and the music's driving me and, and things get going. Well, I think we 
forget, Keith, I know you and I've talked about this a little bit because you, you are a, a big uh, road, road biker. Am I saying it right? Yes. Yeah. And I'm, you know, just getting into it. But when you do your first long ride or speed up or get up a hill or, and I feel this way in the gym when I lift more weight than I expected to, um, that sense of accomplishment carries over into those moments that you were just talking about, which, which are so important, where the negative stuff starts to kick in. But because then the other side of you is like, hold on, buddy, you just lifted whatever weight or you just went for a long bike ride. You can do this. Don't you find that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And then I laugh at myself because it's, it is humorous. <laughs> and if we don't laugh at ourselves, we've lost it all. I mean, having humor in our lives is, is paramount. But being able to laugh at yourself and being humble about the problems that you have are so human. And if we just acknowledge them, hey, you felt bad for a while. Okay, that's cool. You felt bad. Now you feel great. So let's move forward. You know, it's funny. This is a little bit of a personal story, but it's us. So I'm going to share. Um, the other day, I was just so tired, so tired. I've been traveling. I just, I was feeling under the weather. I just, I'd gotten up super early, haven't slept well. And there was a moment in my head, Keith, where I thought, oh my God, I'm never going to grow my business if I feel like this. And then two hours later, I was super energized and back at it. And I was laughing at myself because I was such in the dumps for two hours because I was tired. You know, and like it just in my head, the negative chatter was like, you're always going to feel like this. You're never going to have enough energy to do what you need to do. It was so funny. And honestly, I went and took a nap and came back to work and I was like raring to go, but I had to work through it. Right. The naps are something a lot of people just sidestep and they are so important. And those of us that exercise a lot know that if you don't rest in between times of exercising, uh, you don't have that recovery time. Well, it's the same thing for recovering from a lot of negative thoughts. I put on my headphones. I put on a meditation. I close my eyes for 30 minutes. Makes all the difference in the world. And, and, and it gets rid of the clutter. I just want to pause on that, Keith, because I think what you're saying right there is so incredibly powerful that your negative thoughts don't last. And I, I think it's very, and I'm guilty, totally guilty of this. It's very easy to forget that. We think we're going to feel like that and, and be in that place forever. But you're so right. They're like waves, right? They come and go, but we forget that. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I, I, I could definitely use a reminder. And I think in general, we forget. Definitely. I completely agree. And I think that most people, if they give themselves the chance, the opportunity to sit down and get quiet for a little while and know that it'll, this, this too will pass, as the old saying goes, that you will feel better. You just have to change your mindset and, and allow it to move away and then get focused again. Yeah, I love that. I just, I think just even knowing, acknowledging that that negative chatter is not going to last is, is a really powerful tool in dealing with it. Um, I want to, you know, you said kind of think differently. I want to go to the thing that you've done that's so innovative that's helped transform your business. Now I have a little insight into it because I was there for the back end side of it. So, you know, I'm a little... Like I, I'm trying not to jump ahead of myself in my questions, but what is, let's start at the beginning. What's the one innovative thing you've done to help you break through and create some meaningful outcomes in your work? Becoming a speaker, you think that you just need to get on stage and everybody's going to love you because you've got a concept and that doesn't happen. You need those 10,000 hours that everybody talks about, about getting to where you need to be before you're really good. Well, even when you reach halfway or two-thirds of the way through that 10,000 hours, little little things are gnawing at you in the back of your head. 
and about how you can make it better. I mean, people that are self-employed are always looking for that that little thing that will make them different, that will differentiate them in the marketplace that's just so packed. And I, I, as I shared with you, I hope this isn't off, off base here, but I was sitting halfway through a bottle of wine on a Saturday night watching a terrible black and white horror movie. And I started searching on the internet for ways that I could try and make my talk better. And you popped into my head and I thought, she did an assessment that was really cool. And so I went to your website. I looked at your assessment. I remembered taking it. And then I, I got my big whiteboard up and I started drawing and putting lines and I sent you pictures of it. Yeah, and, that. and that was the beginning of what I feel is probably the major turning point in my career, which was coming up with the trip technique assessment. And it's, it's become... Uh, such a fun tool that when people take it, I get wonderful responses. It makes me feel so good. And I have to say this while I'm here, I'm so grateful that you're in my life tomorrow because without you, it probably would not have happened. And I mean, you were fabulous at everything that you did. You have that innovative spirit and you saw what I was trying to accomplish. And boy, you hit the ground running. You just took off. And that was, that was what I needed. I greatly appreciate that. And the kudos go all to you. So, because really, this is, it was your content. All we did was make it tangible. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on With Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. Let me, I want to give the audience some context and then I got some questions for you. So Keith is a master of trip, right? Tenacity, resilience, imagination, and purpose. And you are one of the first people, I think, 
I'm the only that I've seen that pull that together in that way. So like you see people who talk about tenacity, people who talk about imagination, right? But you don't always see them together. And I think that was a really powerful, and that, that came out of a lot of your life experiences to kind of get to that place and what you saw were the keys to success. I think when you and I first met, what was interesting is we were sitting having coffee in that, the one coffee shop we always went to. And we were talking about how you were struggling to, and, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit so you can expand on this, but you were struggling to, for people to see some of the value in that and to not have it be so subjective, so fluffy, like you wanted people to have real tools, right? And not be just a motivational speaker because there's a, that's a very crowded marketplace. If you're not in it, it is like everyone and their mother is a step into your power motivational speaker. So like, that's kind of where we started with this, like, I've got this incredible concept. I'm great. I'm a good speaker and I need a way to actually break through with that content, right? Like you can expand on that, but that's kind of my my version of when we first started to meet in the coffee shop was that um, like you you had this great concept culminated from a ton of life experience and um, you're a good speaker, but there's a, a lot of motivational speakers out there, right? They're a dime a dozen and you wanted people to really have something they could have tools with, like tangible, walk away that would not only differentiate yourself from all the other, like, I can show you how to do it speakers, but also something that people could really walk away with something real, something real, something tangible they could do. And that's, that's my version of when we first met that you felt a little stuck um, at, at, at a level because you didn't have that thing that would push you forward. So I'll let you expand on that because that's my version of it. Yeah, no, and it's totally true. Uh, that's why I was halfway through a bottle of wine because I was frustrated. <laughs> it was, I, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I'm better than this. I, I uh, you know, I, all of us hit a wall during COVID for, you know, 18 months you know, getting speaking gigs was tough. And I had hit a wall thinking I, I'm, I'm a good speaker. I know I can really uh, entertain and educate an audience, but I need something more. I'm, I'm I'm like the flea in the jar. You know, you've heard that that story. Maybe put a flea in the jar and hit their head on the on the lid. You take the lid off, they still won't go any higher. Well, I felt like I was in that jar. I couldn't get out, and that's why I was looking for something innovative and different to make trip really stand out with people. Because I knew I had a wonderful concept, but until they experienced it themselves would allow them to experience it because they then would see their strengths and their weaknesses then they would suddenly be able to say whoa you know i hadn't thought about that question about my life in that way and i have had numerous people come back to me since uh, we published it and got it out that have said i you really stopped me on two or three questions there's 32 questions all total they would say you know i did some pretty easy but some i really had to stop and think about that's great. That's wonderful. That's where the rubber meets the road for me with people who take it. And that's when I felt like I finally hit on something that really is going to make this happen. Isn't that a wonderful feeling? Like when you know you've kind of not arrived, but when you've, I think it's a great feeling when you know you've accomplished something that people need and want. And that's not easy to come by. I, I want to go back to what you said about your half bottle of wine for a second because you're sitting there frustrated, you've got a whiteboard, and you start 
looking, right? You just start looking. And what I think is really cool about that is, you know, when we are seeking something more, or we've got a nugget of an idea, we don't know what to do with, or we're just, we're trying to break through, right? Um, What we typically do, and I think why we get stuck is we look in the same place, the same box with the same information and the same people, right? And then we expect different answers to come out and they don't. What I heard you say is that you looked elsewhere. You It sound, sounds to me like, correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't even know where you were looking. You were just looking. <laughs> totally. I, I didn't know what the end result was going to be. What I did was on the whiteboard was I drew a circle, cut it into four quadrants and then I because of my four letters for trip. And then I started listing things that each letter were all about. And that's when the assessment idea started to come to me because it was like all these characteristics, all these character traits, how do I get people to recognize they've got them? Because you already have all of these traits in you. You just have to bring them to the surface. And that's what the assessment is all about. Asking the right questions, finding out where you're a little weak or passive as we put it in the, in the assessment. And then the follow-up emails that come afterwards that you help you design with gives them the the, the action steps, the, the trip steps that they can take after that, and they get you know a bunch of that for a month. And that's I think what I've been hearing from people was they like the continuation of the education once they had taken the assessment because it supported what they were trying to do. So Keith, what I so I'm so proud of you and and creating the assessment. And so for those of you who will be listening, who are listening live and want to take it later, you are welcome to. Um, I just got a question in about, well, where do I take the assessment? So Keith, just very quickly say your website. And then I got a few more questions for you. Okay. You know, my last name is oftentimes difficult to spell. So I tell people, uh, go to vtriptechnique.com. That's nice and easy, vtriptechnique.com. So what's cool, right, is is you are ranked on tenacity, resilience, imagination, and purpose. And um, I'm just so proud of how it all came together. I think it's really valuable for people. I'd love to hear, once you started really getting it out there, what was the res- what was the response from people? And, and I'm asking because, <clears throat> me, because um, how we think people are going to respond to us or the nervousness, kind of that chatter we talked about earlier, and our experience often don't match up. Yeah, I think that uh, I, the, the response I get from people right now is reaffirming why I did it in the first place. So it's telling me I'm on the right track. Will I have to still make adjustments as we move along? I hope so. I hope that the data will tell us that there are places we need to make little tweaks and things. But I think that the the, the essence of all of this was that people were going to get no matter what they did for work, there's a lot of us, let me switch back a second. There's a lot of assessments in the world, right? I mean, you can take all of assessments for all kinds of things, but rarely do they impact you personally. They'll tell you how you are with your business or where you are with your IQ or with where you are with other things. And I don't mean to step on your IQ with innovation, but it, you know what I'm talking about. And it, whereas, Trip has a way of reaching into the soul of people because soul is where all my character traits really kind of reside. Are you tenacious when you need to be? Can you bounce back and be resilient when you have to be? Can you find the imaginative idea or 
thing that's going to uh, vault you forward. And does the purpose that you're living in life pull it all together? Does it allow you to see the overall goal that's and that's what people get out of this. That's been hearing back from them. So, uh, so that is wow. Like that's so. First of all, that's so powerful, and I love that people even get insights about themselves answering the questions before they even get the results. That's so cool. <laughs> so, one of the things that I'm um, I admire about how you brought this to market isn't just that the idea to take this kind of, for lack of a better way to say, a kind of fluffy concept, right, of like character traits and make it tangible for people in real. And if you're out there and you're like, I. I've got this thing I want to relay to someone, but they're not getting it. I'm telling you, ask yourself, how do I make this tangible? How do I make it real for people? It'll change everything. But the thing that I admire is that you've also, um, you've innovated across the business. Like you were saying about the follow-up emails with the actions, how you talk about it to people. We just talk about a little bit your process for that because I think one of the mistakes that we often make, and I've been super guilty of this in the past, is I put all my innovative effort into my one product, my one idea, but then I forget that that, I, that idea comes in packaging and sales and marketing um, and operations. So how have you driven that innovation across your business? I have, without a doubt, the best virtual assistant on the face of the planet. And she lives in Austin, Texas. Her name is Wendy Esterling. And Wendy and I have really, we have a wonderful relationship. Uh, she's married, she's got children, lives in, in Austin, Texas. And we've learned to work together and be creative together. And I was reluctant for a long time to turn things over to her because I've done things by myself for so long. And when she started taking things on and taking me up a level i told her the other day you have made my website look so good that now i got to live up to it and it, it's, it's one of those things where i think that my process i needed a team and i don't think I, a lot of entrepreneurs oftentimes will think that they can do it all on their own and i i I took my, my thinking only as far as I could for everything that I've done in my life. And then I've always just hired people that can help me take it the rest of the way. I don't have all the expertise to do everything there is in today's world to get me out there. And so that's why I came to you. That's why I use Wendy, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And one other thing that I mentioned in my, in my uh, assessment is that a mastermind group or a study group is paramount anymore. Because you can't think and do everything on your own. And mastermind groups really help you get where you need to be sometimes. Oh, it's so interesting. I, I, I just did another podcast interview this morning and uh, one the other day. And all three of you mentioned I got help in some way or another. And I was just having a, a I'm going to put two kind of things together for a moment. I was just having another conversation uh, when I was doing a keynote out in Miami. And the person said, yeah. I really realized after your session that I'm missing opportunities for innovation because I'm not the one that's coming up with them and I don't recognize them. And I think one of the things that I've seen with you and Wendy and the way you work together is not only have you, you Keith are really good at saying, Hey, like I'm capped here. I need some help. I need other people to take this on, but also recognizing that that creativity, that innovation looks a lot of different ways. And sometimes what they come up with, is infinitely better than we would have done our own, but we have to be open to seeing it, don't you think? Oh, totally. And that's an ego thing. And, and I think 
It probably goes across genders. I don't think I can say that this is just a guy thing. I think ego across everybody uh, has a way of holding us back because I, I've been this great. I can, you know, nobody can do it better than me. And then all of a sudden, you turn it loose, and holy cow! You know, as my dad used to say, "Katie, bar the door." There's all kinds of great stuff coming in that I didn't expect. And Wendy's like that. She's so creative, and. I turn her loose on some things. Sometimes what she comes back with just blows me away. It's like, wow, I didn't think that. And, but I wasn't meant to. I was meant to get it from somebody else so I could go do something that I needed to be focused on. But I think what you're saying is important. Like, wow, I like that's way better than what I would have created. You have to be open to that. And I think it's amazing how many times we're not. And I don't think we always mean to be. I don't think we know the ego's taking over, right? I, I, don't, I don't think it's malicious. But I, but I think in innovation, we often get capped because because of that, because we don't think, we don't see it in the other person. Um, and, you know, so I'm just going to relay it really quickly to our everyday innovator assessment, which is why you came to me to begin with, because I built one. Um, and you and I, and just so the audience knows, uh, my assessment and Keith is built on science. Like we wanted something real. This wasn't a quiz. I didn't want to build a quiz all those years ago. You, when you called me, you didn't want to build a quiz. You wanted something meaty. We both did and real and and, and accurate. Um, and I, I think that's, I think that was an important part of the process, right, for us. But I think it really helped push everything to the next place, don't you think? Oh, definitely. If you, I was trying to move away from fluff. I didn't want to move from fluff to fluff. You know, this was, not the trip was fluff. It was just a soft topic. I mean, we could all talk about our emotions. We could all go kumbaya and hold our three fingers. And, and own together. But that wasn't what I wanted. I wanted the nitty gritty down in the dirt. Give me something that I can really work with kind of result. So, and to go back, well, this is where I was heading and I lost my train of thought and asked you a question because it's me when I say, can't help myself sometimes. Um, I was going back to you and Wendy and why you work well together. And I don't have her results up. I have yours, but your everyday innovator styles. So my assessment rights all about how you innovate are very different. So, that's the basis for how you innovate, how you perform, how you create a problem-solve decision-making, right? That's my assessment. And you and Wendy are very different, but it, it takes both of you respecting the differences and being open to each other to really leverage it at the same time. Um, and I think that's really cool that you guys both do that. And I think that's a great lesson for all of us in how to build teams that actually work, that are high-performing. There's all this talk about high-performing teams, but got to be open to working with each other start it's like step one yeah the high performing teams don't come just because you turn a key they come you've got the right people you've got the great communication you're open to change uh, you're ready for uh, for whatever they can provide for you and and you, <laughs> and you and i talked about this at length one day i have tremendous gratitude in my life and i'm grateful for all the parts and pieces that have come together. It's, you know, there's a puzzle in life and the puzzle comes together and you look back with 2020 vision. It's like, Oh my God, look what all, look what had to happen to make all those occur. And I get so grateful that uh, I get teary because I, I'm so grateful for the people and the things that have happened in my life to get me to where I'm at. I'll be 74 years old in three weeks. Most people are sitting on a beach. My time. I'm here working with you having a blast. Continuing to innovate, continuing to grow and create. That, that's what it's all about for me. So here's a random question, but since you said your age, and I'm I'm 40, I turned 49 last week, so I'm, you know, pushing up there. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, 
what do you do to make sure that you don't become a legacy thinker? That's a good question. I think I will only leave a legacy when I die. I don't think I'm going to be building one on the way. I could, if you think about it, I think that diverts you from it. I think that I, I want to leave things that people will be find meaningful when I'm done. But I got a long ways to go yet. I don't know what my legacy is even going to be yet. I think that you know it's all a little progression of steps of things that have happened in my life and my books, the assessment. My YouTube channel. Uh, I mean, there's. I got. I'm leaving a lot of content. If I croak today, but <laughs> legacy. I don't really worry about it that much. I, I just try to be a good guy on the day that I'm in and hope I'm giving service to people. So let's talk a little bit about how you innovate because you do a really good job. I think of staying open and looking ahead. Um, and so you're a futuristic collaborative, which is so interesting to me. So let me just. Tell people what that means for you, and then I want—I got a question for you. So that means that people who are futuristic are all about Tomorrowland. They take today's problems, turn them into tomorrow's opportunity. You know them because they're ten steps ahead all the time, so they're great at understanding the impact of things, which Keith definitely is. And then collaboratives are all about pulling disparate people and ideas and experience together to create whole innovation. So, and Keith is a very collaborative person. It's not just that you like people, but it's that you innovate best in all those little connections that you make happen. So. Keith's innovation is very forward and very whole, which is really cool. Um, how have you leveraged your ability to innovate against success in your world, your, your style? How have you leveraged it? Now, we talked a little earlier that my, a lot of my thinking comes from my bicycle. <coughs> Excuse me. I generally go out for around an hour and a half to two hours for 20 to 30 miles. And during that time, my my mood and my, my endorphins will fluctuate and creativity will come and go. But it oftentimes happens when I see other people. I'll be writing and I'll see people sitting on a bench and I'll, I'll, my mind will go off into what they're talking about and what they're doing, what their age was. That's how I live my life is by observing. I'm way more observant than I need to be. I see things most people don't see because I'm looking at the details about people and the activities. I watch a, a, a TV show and I don't watch the actors. I watch what's going on behind them most of the time because it's so cool to see what they, they've built into the ground. I think, yeah, so my mind works in a little bit different way than a lot of people and I'm very grateful for that. Sometimes it's a little bit of a bizarre mind because <laughs> I love horror shows and Saturday nights I like to watch horror, no, horror shows. So, you know, it, it's whatever stimulates you and gets you going and with me, Exercise is one of those things. That bottle of wine was a little unusual, but I had hit that wall that night, and I was bound and determined to try. Hey, whatever works. <laughs> I'm all about whatever works. But, but, but here's the thing that you're saying that I think is a really important lesson for all of us to take away. So we all have these different everyday innovator styles, as you know, and and there mine is, is risk taker, um, experiential. So I'm very different from Keith. And, but what I hear you saying is that you embrace how, what sparks your juices and you make sure to do a lot of that. And it is very easy to let the day-to-day -day grind of life get in the way. And I think sometimes when we feel really stifled and stalled out, it's actually because we've, we have accidentally walked away from the things that give us that juice and you know for you being a futuristic collaborative right you just said it like i like to look at that person on the bench and this nugget over here right that's the collaborative side and then kind of figure out how it all goes forward 
but you do the things that spark you on a daily basis. And I think, I think that's a really important lesson because it's like I said, it's just, it's easy to just get that head down. Yeah. You've got to listen to your body and your mind and, and see where you're at. I, if I feel tired, I take a nap. If I'm energized, I really go to work. If I, if I'm stumped, I go for a bike ride. Uh, ski season's coming up and you know, I, I work at a uh, ski resort and uh, I get to ski a lot uh, with the volunteer job that I've got at the resort I work at. And yeah, so I, that's being out in nature, hearing the wind in my ears, feeling the snow under my feet. Uh, you know, there is an exhilaration that comes from skiing and boom, I will, uh, thoughts will start popping into my head and, Oh, I need to write this down. Well, I'll pull out my phone and I'll record a note real quick of something that I have thought of that I want to try. And I get back, I take that note, I contact Wendy, we go to work. You know, so, so if you're out there, here's what I just want to say. I would write down five things that really get your juices going, your innovative juices, whatever it is, whether it's journaling or skiing or whatever works for Keith and works for me is not going to work, work for someone else. Um, skiing does nothing for me but other things do, you know, so like, it's just, we all have our thing. So I would just, if you're out there watching and listening later, I would just say, Hey, write them down and then, and then put them in your, in your planner, like schedule them out so that you don't miss the opportunity. Keith, I can't even believe we're out of time. So I got my last question for you, which is what's the one thing we'd be surprised to learn about you? I, I think it would probably be how spiritual I am. I think on the surface, People see just a, a guy who has a lot of aggressive kind of qualities in business and his personal life. But I'm heavily spiritual and I, I talk to God all day long in one form or another. And I love that spirituality in my life. I think it keeps me grounded. I don't get too big of a head over anything like my assessment. And, Whoa, look what I got. Uh, it, it's my spirituality keeps me focused and keeps me humble. So, I would say that is a little surprising, not because I don't think you're humble, but because you are a go-getter, right? And sometimes like, we think that people who are A players don't pause in life. Um, I am so glad that we got to spread the word about the trip assessment because it is, not only is it super cool the way the whole thing works, but it is to keep to your point, it really does speak to people's soul. And it was it was an honor to be a part of helping you build it. But mostly, I think it's very cool to see what you've done with it and how you've now been working with clients with it and teams and individuals taking it online and just all the opportunities for people to learn about themselves and take something that we hear so much that we need to work on. We need to build our resilience. We need to be more imaginative. And time and time again, people are left with like, how? And you've solved that. And that is so cool. So it's really, it's an honor to spread the word about it. Thank you. Those are nice words, Tamara. I really appreciate them. It's been a pleasure being on your show this morning. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tamara will be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.